Welcome to Let's Get Booked Up. I'm Peyton. And I'm Sydney. And this is the SJM Takeover episode. Alright guys, it is our first episode of 2024, first of all, so that's crazy. It is also the next episode in our SJM Takeover series. So we're doing Queen of Shadows Part 1, but before we get into it, I feel like we have to talk about the fact that CC3 is only 27 days away. So close. If you have not ordered it, you better pre-order it now, and I'm talking to myself. Yeah, me? (laughs) Yeah, no, same. Uh, Do not contact me on January 30th. I will be busy reading however many thousands of pages. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know. I'm so mad because I just – I'm trying to be proactive. So, okay, today I went to the Social Security office and went there to get my name changed with Social Security. So the next step is to go change my driver's license name, and I'm trying to be proactive. And so I scheduled it to a time where I think as soon as I can, but I think I'll have my card by then because they're supposed to come really fast. And I scheduled it for guess what oh, day? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so the DMV. I have to go. At to least the de- you might have lots of downtime to read. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was thinking is I'm like, mm, take my new book, go sit in the DPS office, wait for I my number to be called. Do you physically lug around CC3? <laughs> or am I just going to get it on my Kindle app on my iPad for now? Because um, yeah. I've actually kind of been obsessed with digital books the kindle is so great especially for days that you have to go sit bored at the dmv yeah i don't have actually i don't have any of the physical copies of cc3 so i need to acquire them all or cc i have oh cc in general yeah i have i have the second one because i purged all of my this is pathetic but i purged all of my um paperback sjm books so i've only got one Akatar book right now and I only own I have all the TOG books because I'm goaded but yeah. I've only got one Akatar book and I only have CC2 so I need a very incomplete collection yeah so I need um hardbacks of all of those because my goal is with all of those books go buy those pretty jackets like That's the ones people cool. make yeah. and get those put on how cool oh how cool would that look I love that. yeah yeah, but I'm just like freaking out. Also, I don't understand why I was like, I want to reread Throne of Glass. Let's reread Throne of Glass when the books that she literally said you need to reread before CC3 are Akatar, which you read, so you're smart, and CC. I'm yeah. so dumb. But that scares me that she says that you don't need to read Throne of Glass because I know I want more, and we know we don't know. But we feel that there's more because there's that vision, that, that shooting star situation. Yeah. And the tumbling and the, the pregnant people and the, like, the, there's some obvious overlap somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. At least I think. Maybe the I'm totally misreading the signs. Me maybe the, the end of, <laughs> the end of CC3 is going to be like the end of CC2 where it's like, hey, I'm Aileen. Hi, I'm Bryce. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. She... I I am so excited. I'm so excited, but I'm so nervous. So yeah, I was just thinking yeah, about I, that. I don't like Crescent City's good, but I'm more 
invested in the crossover than I am in the actual storyline. Yeah, I think I, I mean, I loved House of Earth and Blood. Like, I loved it. I was like, oh, this is kind of different. Yeah. I kind of like it. And then I, I liked the second one. Could I tell you a single plot point that happens? Absolutely not. Yeah, it's, it's a mystery. So. I know that um, there's a flaky friend. There's some runaway children. I can't remember why they're important, though. Oh, there's Agent Daybreak. Oh, yeah. In the Olivia Rune timeline. The characters are fine. I just don't love them as much as I love the Throne of Glass characters, but that's a really high bar. Yeah, I will say Rowan was my number one, like, the first year that I read all these books, 2022. Mm -hmm. Rowan was my top book crush. Yeah. And Hunt Hunt was right after him. You are a Hunt girl. God, I just mm. just not impressed by him. Mm. Ah, just ooh. I know. I'm sorry. It's an unpopular opinion, but uh. obviously Rowan like takes the cake for all the SJM men. But even in Crescent City, obviously not for Bryce. But I much prefer Rune as a book crush compared to Hunt. Oh, okay, okay. Oh yeah, not for Bryce. Yeah. For you? Obviously not, because Uh, incest. That's gross. (laughs) They don't live in Alabama. No offense. But full offense. Go blue, because we kicked their asses. Anyway, go blue. Oh, oh. Okay, so we're going to jump in. We're going to start with Manon, because this one is so hefty and so many changing points of view. It basically goes Manon, everyone in Rifthold. Manon. Everyone in Rifthold. So we'll start with Manon because there's a lot going yeah. on, but there's not a lot going on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it's more of, honestly, this book for her, I think, is a lot of internal struggle, internal conflict. Yeah. Um, there is beef with, obviously, Duke Parrington because he's... He's the guy who brought Caltaine to throne of glass in the very beginning and he was the one who had what was his name kane as his his champion and he plotted for the poison and then he threw caltaine under the bus and then he took her away to morath so that's his backstory if you have forgotten yeah he's yeah he's icky yeah so he is in morath which is where manon our wing leader is with 13 and he is she says this all the time. She's like, he's just a man. He's just a mortal man. And he thinks he can except tell me what not. to do. Except oh. except he's got a black ring and we all know what that means now. And obviously she doesn't know that. Other than the fact that she says multiple times, like, it, everything smells wrong. The men smell wrong. The meat smells wrong. Everything tastes wrong. Like, it's just all wrong. And she meets Caltaine in this chapter. She's and she's... She's like a ghost. She's covered in bruises. She notates the scar on her arm. Yeah. She's like something, there is something dark and ancient and messed up about this girl. Mm -hmm. Um, And which is, I think, just such a big reason of why Caltaine is like such a good character. The Caltaine, it's not that Caltaine has a lot of points of view moving forward, but she, she, trickles in here and there throughout the rest of the books for the most part i guess maybe just this one in empire of storms but it feels like a lot and then she has this i don't know if you can call it a redemption arc 
kind of. I would. I would call it. It's a. It's a redemption. <laughs> I mean, a vengeance piece. <laughs> yeah. Right now, Manon is stuck in the mountains. Everyone is kind of, and they've been stuck in the mountains, so they're a little stir crazy. And he and Duke Perrin is just pissing her off. He's like, you will refer to me as your grace. And she's oh. like, I will not, ew, weirdo. No, I will I'm not. I'm 200 years old. Get the heck out of here. Manon's like, Why are, what are we doing here? This is a waste of time. And Duke Perrington oh. always is standoffish about it. And then eventually he, well, he also is ratting her out to her grandmother the whole time. Her grandmother tells her, if you don't get your shit together and respect him, I will come and hang you and the 13 and your and Abraxas. Womp womp. Which is crazy. Um, then Duke Parrington says that he wants to do some experiments and he wants a Blackbeak coven to do them on. And Manon asks him what kind of experiments because she's not, even though she is ruthless and cold, she's not that ruthless and cold. And <laughs> it's like, which kind is already... <laughs> Yeah, which kind is already so fragile. They don't have their own home. They don't have their own land. Like, you're not touching other witches, even if their blue bloods are yellow legs. Like, we don't answer to you kind of a thing. And he describes what experiments they want to do. And he talks about how they want to make Valg and Witch babies, is what he says, or offspring. And he describes the stone getting sewn into their belly button area. And that it should be okay because the witches are part Valg and all these things. And Manon doesn't know a lot about the Valg. So she ends up reaching out to one of her members of the 13 and asking about it, who's kind of a book nerd. And she actually went to mortal slash fae-ish school in Terrison when she was young. So she learned about magic and history and things like that, which is very rare for the for all of the witches, really. And so she gets a background of the Valg and the Fae and how they kind of mix together and split between the Kraken witches and the Iron Tea. And when Manon explains why she was asking that, because of Duke Parrington's request, she says that that member of the 13, her name starts with a G, but I can't remember it off the top Gis- of my head. Gis- Gis- I mean something. She says that she goes pale. She said, I don't think that's a good idea. And yeah. if the Valg ever were to walk the world again, they would not be allies. Like, I would hope that they got sent away, which Manon is kind of taken aback by. Because at first she goes, oh, they'd be great allies. They're ruthless and cold just like us. And she's like, mm-hmm. they are not. They are not good. Ugh. So we get that kind of backstory. But eventually some yellow legs get sent, and they actually, like, they volunteer for the experiments and Manon feels really bad about it, but she doesn't want any of the black beaks to do it. Yeah. She's like, no black beaks. No. And I think he asks for black beaks and she gives him yellow legs and he's like, no, I wanted black beaks. She's like, "Mm, no, no, they volunteered and no thanks. But amidst all of this, Manon gets to meet a new character. That is a fan favorite. Oh, yes. Our little cripple girl. Elie Loken. She is Vernon Loken's niece and is the true heir to being Lady of Paranth, which is a little area in Terrison. Her mom was Marion, who was Aelin's 
nursemaid nanny lady and and best friends with Aelin's mom yeah yeah Yeah. in a past book we learn a little bit about a lead and here we just get to see more we know that she's alive now which is great but she's crippled and she's literally chained all the time her uncle is so terrible to her and she learned a lot from her nursemaid who wasn't able to teach her how to read because she didn't know how to read but she taught her how to observe things and how to have some unassuming weapons. So Alita's very sharp. She's very observant. And she's a bit of an actress. At one point, She's so good. Oh my gosh. At one point, Astrid, I think, refers to her as the girl of many faces. Because mm. she tends to be meek and she does all these things just to be unassuming. And she kind of gets Manon's attention because she's snooping around Manon's office room thing and is looking at her maps. And Manon thinks that she is spying for her uncle Vernon. And really Alita's just like, I am actually trying to run away. And I'm looking at the map to see what towns I can run away to whenever I stash myself away in a supply wagon. But Manon finds her as a threat at first, but it's so funny because Manon's talking big shit and Abraxas rolls up and obviously he's scary, especially to a lead, because she says, oh, he has some of his teeth are iron and all these things. He's big and scary. Oh, yeah. All his mods. He's kind of kind of small. And Abraxas is obsessed with a lead because she's crippled just like him. And she's chained up just like he was. Oh, I know. Ron yells at Abraxas and is like, this girl just has she's broken and has some chains and all of a sudden you're in love get over yourself Abraxos I just picture the sweetest puppy dog of a wife I know I always just picture toothless I know it's not even close I know okay I always always just picture toothless so they are starting to keep a close eye on a lead because Manana is like I don't buy it like she is she's way smarter than she makes everyone think she is so Astrin goes to her when Elite's working the kitchens and she is talking to her and trying to like just get information out of her, have a casual conversation. And Astrid is like, she smells weird. She doesn't she's smell. Angry. She, she smells doesn't like iron teeth. Yeah. She's like, mm. so they figure out it's not like really explained how or why or what exactly it is. But like they, they come to the conclusion that Elite has witch blood and she is somehow an iron teeth witch partially mm-hmm. fully don't know okay but i figure it out and so they alita is also trying to plan her escape at this point she's trying to figure out how like where she can go and her uncle is also onto her mm-hmm. and her uncle wants to use her she thinks he wants to use her for these experiments that the witches mm-hmm. are being used for and obviously that terrifies the crap out of her because she's accidentally seen what's going on inside that like experiment room and she's heard she's memes and all those things yeah yeah she's seen like the black blood and like the stains on the sheets and stuff that she's been washing and she's like oh hell no Mm -hmm. um so she's very very scared and so astrin and manon come to her and they're basically like what do you bleed blue or red and she's like huh what what and they're like we can only protect you if you are a witch we only protect our kind so what is it blue or red and then and elita's like uh uh 
blue, I guess. Blue, maybe. Even though she's kind of just figuring this out, finding this out. She just goes with it. She's like, these people are a better option than my literal uncle. Basically. Basically. So they're like, okay, cool. We claim you. (laughs) And that's it. You'll be sleeping (laughs) with us. You'll be doing everything with us. Da-da-da-da. Yeah, and, and they tell Vernon too. They're like, "You have no power over her. She's she's ours." And he's like, "What? What? What? What, what do you mean?" And, and Vernon, like, oh, I'm cranky. I'm sorry, big old man. Did someone take your little niece from you so you can't abuse her? Oh. Anyway, with also this experiment thing that's going on, Manon is getting a lot of pressure from Duke Parrington and from her grandmother. And she's like thinking of how to write to her grandmother because she's like, I know she would not approve of these experiments with us and the Valg. I know, I know she wouldn't approve of this. This is not good. She would never. And it's like, "Mm, Manon, think you think too highly of your grandmother, honestly. So Manon and Astrin are kind of- We're in a tiff. Yeah, um, Astrin has never defied Manon. She's never, ever not backed Manon up. Like, they are not that witches have best friends because, God forbid, we show emotion. But, I mean, they're oh, best friends. Like, we're they're great f- fighting together. And I yeah. trust you in my life. Astrin is being outright defiant at this point. And Manon is like, what is happening? Like, she's never done this before. This is so weird. Like, she knows her place is as my second. And as my second, she doesn't get to question me. Not Mm -hmm. that Manon likes what's going on and likes that fact that Vernon said, give me black beaks or else, like, you all die. Um, And Astrin says, you cannot allow this to happen. And she says, witchlings are sacred. Sacred, Manon. We do not give them away. Not even to other clans because witchlings are rare yeah they are considered a gift from their goddess like they are rare and to do anything to a a pregnant witch or a baby or something is immediate death and um i like how i do like how they say they're like human children don't count human children are a snack (laughs) (laughs) Not for the 13. The 13 have standards, but like for yellow legs, mm, sure. So um, Manon is, is, she says that she's going to replace Astrin with Sorrel. So Astrin is getting demoted to third. Sorrel is getting moved up to second. And Mm -hmm. Sorrel says to Manon, you know, not to, not to defy you, not to say anything, you know, out of, um, not to say anything out of turn, but... She does say at one point, the 13 know why your grandmother made you kill that Krogan for that cloak. And then she also says, and more than any of us, Astrin has never for a second forgotten what your grandmother is capable of. So she brings her grandmother into it and she brings Astrin into it. And Manon is like- Foreshadowing of pre-shadowing. Yeah. boy, do we know. Yeah. So she's like, why the hell is Astrin so pissed about it? Like more pissed than everyone else. And- She's just like, mm, weird stuff is going on. Other than the fact that Parrington is like, give me witches so I can impregnate them. Disgusting. There's a lot of internal monologue and kind of that strife between her wanting to be this cold-blooded killer that she's been raised to be and also having her own morality and truly caring about her cabin and her friends and then obviously they take in a lead which they didn't have to do so we see her softening a little bit but she's really struggling with it yeah she's trying to piece together what exactly they've been recruited to do 
and finding their way in general. But she's just stuck on the stinky mountain. Yeah. And it's like all of the things that she's doing, she keeps saying to herself, why does this feel weird? Why does my, why does the inside of me feel weird? Like, I don't have a heart. I don't have emotions. So why do I feel weird? And it's like, oh, girly pop. You might. Love this journey for you. Yeah. At one point also, Elide talks about um, the leader of Terrace and the lost princess of Terrace. And Mm -hmm. she's like, I believe that she'll come back one day and she'll free me. Yeah. So nice. So that's Manon. So that's Manon. Yeah. For part one of Queen of Shadows. continued because some fun things happen. I hate how chapter one is sad boy Dorian. It just makes me so sad. Like it's such a sad start because he's like remembering little bits and pieces, but he doesn't know. It's, it's just so sad. It's just so sad. And then we get into chapter two. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, we do. Isn't a like, and she's about to start a fucking fight. <laughs> oh my god. It is this is a pretty strong start to this book where she's in the what's it called? The um the vaults. She's in the vaults and she is kind of following Arabin and trying to like find him and she runs into some of his lackeys and um oh she's dyed her hair. So she's dyed her hair reddish, copperish, yeah, like brown, copper-ish. um very and it's kind of like oh that's random like oh she's just doing it for like a disguise um you find out later there's actually a purpose which i totally missed this the first time reading it i forgot no and i i totally missed it during this read so i was like oh i forgot that that's like like she had a point to that she didn't just pick a random color i was like oh blonde anymore yeah she's like planning it she's playing tests i'm playing checkers she oh i know this whole book it's like so many things that she does it's like oh that's random oh okay cool and then you find out like 50 pages later this is the start of people getting annoyed with her whenever she's 20 steps ahead and doing crazy quote-unquote crazy things and then it all works out because she had this plan and she's been like doing all these things behind the scenes and then all of her allies being angry that they weren't yeah yeah just so smart and she's right if she let everybody know every part of the plan it wouldn't work yeah yeah you need the element of surprise like yeah so she she has a point to everything there's a method to her madness um so she's following arabin and she sees that he's having a meeting with this guy who she finds out is freaking kaol and And she's she's like why would he be meeting with arabin like literally literally why and so She's there. She has a conversation with Arabin. He's being so nasty with her. He's just he being gross and uh, icky. And it's like, like very. Uh, she SJM always mentions that he was never categorized brother or mentor or father. Yeah, or father. I don't know. I was, her, and then he like wants to kiss her on the cheek. Yeah. And things is just ew. How confusing. This man raised you basically. Yeah. Disgusting. But the guy who was really her lover couldn't recognize her, even though she just dyed her hair, and she was so sad. She said that she could recognize him no matter what, no matter what he looked like. She could recognize the way his body moved, and he didn't recognize her. Rude ass kale. That's yeah. my business. Yeah. So she um meets with Arabin, and he's like. He's just being nasty. And they talk about the Valg and they talk about 
Um, the fact that Adian, so the end of Era Fire, Adian was imprisoned, and the king is basically using Adian as bait for Aelin to come and save him. So, mm-hmm. um, she's obviously going to go save him, and it's just going to be kind of risky. So she involves Arabin, and he basically says, "I'll help you get your cousin back if you help me get one of these weird Volg guys." He doesn't know that they're Volg. She tells him about it. And, like, he finds out that they're, like, demon things. But he knew they something was up. Yeah. Yeah. And he knew something was, like, wrong with them. And something was weird with them. So they make a deal. She's going to get him a Valg guy. And he's going to help her get Adian. And at first I'm like, this is not a fair trade. No. It's not. It's not a fair trade. But mm, that's okay. And she totally holds out on him. Like, she constantly is like oh i almost could have gotten one but i decided to wait like i'll get one later and he's getting so pissed at her there's like probably that she's like i'm not gonna go get one of these until we actually rescue adian yeah you are obviously not trustworthy no no you're not trustworthy that's such a thing she leaves the meeting with Arabin, and she kind of admits, not out loud, but she just kind of like in the narration, she kind of admits that she was letting the king's guards trail her to the vaults. So they come in and they, she starts a fight with them and she, it said, uh, by the time the copper thudded on the table, the wyvern glinting in the dim light, Aelin Galathinius, I burped, oh my god. By the time the copper thudded on the table, the wyvern glinting in the dim light, Aelin Galathinius was ready for bloodshed. So she led the guards to the vaults to t- get them taken down, basically, and then also to kick some ass, because why else would we come back to Riftholt if not to kick some King's Guard ass? And she destroys the vault. Oh, She's- they're they're done for. She like she said that if she could have burned the place to the ground, she would have. She left it in ruin. She killed the people that were running it. Hell she yeah. She doing things back and forth. And we all know that it's for revenge it's, for Sam. Because it's all for Sam. Did Sam dirty. So she destroyed that place. Love Hell yeah. As she should. Place. Take them so down. Um and- no, she has Rowan, and she's had all these other people, and she's moved on love-wise. She's not still pining after him. She still has that love for him and respect, and he will always hold that special place in her heart. I know. It's so sweet. I love it. Um, I just love how he becomes, like, her drive for so many things like that. Chapter 4 is Adian, and he is talking about how he is injured from the end of Era Fire. He got stabbed or something. He got hit. I don't know. But he's injured and it's infected and he's trying to die. And they, the people who are holding him, like the, he's in the dungeons. So like more King's guards, I guess. They found out that he was trying to let his infection kill him. So they healed him. And Dory he's like mad about it. Later on. Oh my God. Yeah. Because so that he can die before Aelin gets there because he knows that it's a trap. And Dorian comes down to visit him, and of course, it's not Dorian speaking. It's God. It's the evil demon prince thing, and Adian thinks the conversation obviously goes poorly, but he's like, "Okay, I got away with this." And then immediately, Dorian Dorian says, "The general is hurt. Get a healer immediately." And he, uh-huh. healer, he can't die before Aelin comes. Yeah. It's so it's like, it breaks my heart because it's like it's so important to Adian. Um, and then also the fact that like Adian is like 
he's like dorian dorian like i know you're in there you can hear me and it's like oh he's trying to get him out he tried so hard he called sorsha's name he said don't you remember her like i'm so sorry are you okay and he's like i don't know who that is even though we see a reflection later on that dorian's still in there he just said it's like being trapped behind a glass wall and he said i know her I can feel the flashbacks. Like, I can feel it. I know that I'm supposed to know these people. I just yeah. can't it out. It's so sad. It's such a crazy point of view. Um, it is. Yeah. So back to Aelin. She, yeah, destroys the vaults. She kicks some ass. And then she runs away. And she goes into the sewers. And she kind of talks about, like, she hates going into the sewers. But it was her only option. She never wanted to go back down there again. Because of, like, her getting trapped in the assassin's blade and then everything with sam um but so she, she runs-, runs into this woman who's like oh who is she she's wearing like the king's guard uniform but there's like a strict no women policy because of all of the things of course the king is also sexist of course <laughs> i mean add that to the list and this woman is not working for the king she's working for kaol and so she, they kind of just like talk about it and uh so her name is Nezrin and she is not a king's guard she is a rebel and so she's helping Kaol. their goal is works for like the city police or something she is she's a city guard she's something like that yeah so she's not wearing like the new weird uniforms that everyone has she's got like the normal uniform but she says something about like i don't work for the king i work for Kaol. Um, yeah. So there are a lot of city guard and honestly a lot of palace guards as well who are working for Kaol, who is like now the reluctant leader of the rebels. Which is so crazy because we see his point of view later and he is, this is the start of the Kaol hate train. He is yeah. so creative and so rude and so just stupid. This is truly like we can hate on Kaol and in retrospect whenever we reread and be like, oh, dumb boy. But yeah. this, this is where the KL hate train originates. Yeah, it's just frustrating because he knows that Dorian. Well, okay, I won't get to the whole Dorian thing yet, but it's just frustrating because he's like helping people who might have magic in their blood or are magic sympathizers or something like that, like related to magic somehow. He's helping them get out because the Valg people, the people that are possessing other palace guards and stuff are doing basically like these the experience ex- experience the experiments that they found out they were doing on them in era fire that's what they're trying to do here and they're trying to get more people like that so kale's job is to help them get out of the city but he's like still talking so much about how magic isn't good like people who have magic yeah. have too much power i don't like magic and it's like that's disconnect where he's trying to protect these people like he's fighting for justice in that way but then when Aelin wants to bring magic back after she learns how, he constantly has this inner monologue. Yeah. Magic is bad. It's going to create this unequal playing field between the humans and the the bay. And Aelin, unchecked with magic. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Has ever been outright malicious? Everything she's done has been to I protect know. he loves. I'm like, where is this coming from, Kayla? Yeah. He's so frustrating and I get that he was raised to be afraid of it. Like, I totally get it. But also, you have seen Aelin and Dorian with their magic and you've seen that they're good. Why Why is your first assumption that she's going to destroy everything and be like a crazy 
fire-breathing bitch queen. And his her, her his new nickname. Always, <laughs> right, and which I love. I know. It's always that Dorian is his king and not the king of Ardalan, and that's who he's serving, and that's who he wants for the kingdom. Which is fine and great, <laughs> except for the fact that, that at this point, um, Dorian's not there, and we have no hope as of now. We've never seen anyone come back from being you know, taken by the demon in that kind of way. So we have no reason to believe that Dorian's there. Obviously, Kale's holding out this hope because they're childlong best friends. Yeah. But it's not logical. It's not logical in the way that the king's commander should have been. Yeah, and and I totally side with Aelin on this, where it's like, well, it's almost a mercy if... yeah. If they they kill the thing inside Dorian and then Dorian... And then what if we save Ardalan and Dorian has this thing inside of him and we have to kill him? And then what? Then Holland's... Then... Holland's a psychopath. Then what are we going to do? And yeah, most that's... people throughout the storyline say, Kale, how do you become king? He goes, oh no. Dorian's <laughs> king. I'm like, ugh, like, yes, no. Kale should not be king. But we need to have a plan. B! <laughs> Yeah, and he's just mad and salty and thinks that this Aelin being realistic like this means that she has unchecked magic and that she's bad. And it's like, bro, no. And then when he sees her for the first time too, and she sees him, he's she literally said like, oh, when they saw each other for the first time, she was kind of like, she was kind of like, oh, oh my gosh, like there he is, like that's him. And then she said he didn't smile. Yeah. He hurt her so bad. Here it is. What does she say exactly? He says she couldn't, she still couldn't brace herself for the full impact of Kaol Westfall staggering out of the darkness at the end of the tunnel, holding a limp tooth and band between himself and a companion, another armed man guarding their backs. Even from the distance, the captain's eyes locked onto Aelin's. He didn't smile. And then he's like complaining about how she did all of these awful things to him. And it's like, bro, you're the one who sent her away. Yeah, sure. She didn't tell you that she was the queen of Terrison and that she had magic, but good, because you didn't take it well. Even if she had told you, would it have gone well? No. No. Prejudiced bitch. I was just going to say, oh my god, I was just going to say. Could you imagine, like, rejected first love, of course, but then you have Kale, who is the first kind of grown-up love. Mm Mm-hmm. In a true one, not in the way that we have crappy college ex-boyfriends, but a true first love as an adult and he just looks at you like you're indifferent yeah and that you suck and thinks that you're evil even though he just sent you across an ocean to keep you safe question mark i think that's what probably would hurt the most like the indifference yeah oh it's you oh damn son he's so annoyed by her all the time he's like of course she found us yeah that's annoying how did she find us well maybe be more covert kale um, Maybe she's a better job at leading a rebellion. She's also, like, the most badass one there is. So, like, yeah, she's going to find you. Hello. Anyway. Um, and then that guy that was with her, that armed guy, she finds out that that's Rin. And she's like, oh, my God, Rin Olsbrook, like, another child of Terrace, and he's alive. She's like, oh, holy shit. This is when uh, Kael tells her about the Valg, like, what happened with Dorian and Sorsha at the end of Air of Fire. And... She, like, can't even believe it. And then this is when she says, we need to kill him. And he's like, no, we have to rescue him. And she's like, mm, can we, though? I don't think so. I mean, Probably sure, not. Great, great try. But have you actually seen these people? Up next, one of my favorite chapters. Actually, that's probably not true. I have so many favorites. Yeah, but... It's just so heartwarming. 
it hits different. Uh, we get to see grown-up Lysandra. And if y'all don't remember, Lysandra is that girl that we hate who works for Clarice. Girl and- that a- Aelin threw a knife at. And yeah, first- she just shows up at Aelin's apartment. And Aelin is like, in a shitty carriage with a child. This child, by the way, um, this little girl, her name is Evangeline, and she is scarred. So she's got this, like, scar on her face. And you know, she's beautiful. Oh, she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. She was one of Clarice's girls that she was training to be a courtesan. Mm-hmm. And she was being trained to be like that until she was disfigured, you know. And so then she wasn't anymore. And now she just like follows Lasandra around because why not? I thought you just said lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? I mean, New... something later. Maybe she could be lasagna. New... <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's the best nickname. Hey, lasagna, get over here. Lasagna. I can't just picture it. Okay. And Lysandra is actually being, you know, not a bitch for well, once. Nice. Which yeah. is super weird. Not her yeah. use. So Arabin, she says, sent her to tell Aelin uh, his plan or like something. His plan and- about saving Adian. Like, hey, I just want to fill you in. Lysandra <laughs> goes, well, I mean, he sent me here to tell you that. But I also wanted to warn you that I think whatever whatever deal you brokered with him i wouldn't trust it yeah and aelin goes first of all you're fucking telling me second of all i don't care what you have to say because i hate you you're a bitch and lysandra kind of and lysandra tells aelin about how she also feels like she's been burned by arabin and that Alan's not the only person that's got beef with him. And described, yeah. like, Sam was my friend too. And I loved Wesley. And he killed him. And at this point, she gives Alan a letter that Wesley wrote. Wesley talks about all of that stuff. And Alan at first is like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it for one second. And then I think back to conversations that she had with Kayal in Crown of Midnight, where they talk about Wesley. And she's like, oh my God, like, why would they kill Wesley? And what does this mean? Except, oh no, that would mean that Arabin betrayed me, but then, oh no, that couldn't have happened. And then she finds out, oh my God. Well, the flashback from Assassin's Blade when Wesley tries so hard yes. to stop her from going out. Oh, it's captured. Yeah. He, yeah. Like, I think she ends up like knocking him unconscious or something he is mm. trying so hard to yeah no you don't understand then she knocks him unconscious and he can't finish his story to her so yeah. he was on her side even though she thought that he hated her <laughs> yeah and she finds out that he and Lysandra were in love which is like weird random but whatever and so at first she's like okay well get out like i'm gonna have to process this like i don't believe you and then evangeline says that her mistress, Lysandra, did this to her, did her, like, scarred her. And Aelin is like, oh, I'll kill that bitch right now. Then she killed, she hurt this child. And then Evangeline tells her that she was terrified of being trained as a courtesan. She didn't want to be. And she 
Lysandra knew that if she looked like that, like if she had a scar like that, or if she was disfigured in some way, she wouldn't be one. So Lysandra did that to her slash for her. And now Evangeline is kind of like Lysandra's property, but Lysandra is still Clarice's property and she has to pay off her debts. Clarice said, so Lysandra had almost paid off her own training. Yeah. Like Sam and Aelin were trying to do at the time that Evangeline came around. But whenever she disfigured Evangeline, Clarice got super pissed and made Lysandra basically buy her for what her virginity would have gone for once she became a full-fledged courtesan. So now the only reason why Lysandra is still working for Clarice and Clarice's property is because she did that for Evangeline. So she is technically having to take care of Evangeline because she kind of owns Evangeline in a way. But yeah, it's it was incredibly selfless and just and she Clarice beat Lysandra for it, didn't she? Yeah, she said I'm pretty sure like in the common area of the courtesan yeah. and it was terrible yeah so we get to see a little bit more of Lysandra's character there where we're like oh yeah maybe she's not so bad she's basically like friends hmm? friends okay bff we'll be bffs um Oh, and also, Aelin um, got a present, mm, kind of, from Arabin, and it's her suit. If you remember her fancy-ass suit from Assassin's Blade. Yeah, she gets that back. So then we have a little covert mission in the black market. What's it called? Oh, sorry. The Shadow Market, which is this sketchy black market, literally, place um, that's right on the river, on the Avery, in... Rifthold. And so here they are doing a swap. So it's Brullo, which if you remember Throne of Glass, the weapons master, okay, he's back and he's on Kaol's side and he's a good guy. Kaol and Nezrin and a few other, other of like his people are buying swords from Brullo and palace guards. And then, but really he shows it too. She does. Really what is happening is they're trading, uh, they're getting a map of the palace and of the party, the party layout so that they can break in and like figure out a way to get in. And Aelin pops up. Everyone's like, what the fuck, Aelin? How'd you even get here? Like, what are you doing? Kale's pissed because he just, I feel like he just has to find something to be pissed about. Yeah. So he's mad. Honestly. He's mad. He's He's salty. And he goes, like, you just want, because she asked about the map and he goes, oh, you're going to save Adian? What about Dorian? And Aelin and him have the same conversation that we've already talked about. She's yeah. like, Ian, first of all, is a real person right now. And he's my cousin. And he's part of my court. So I will be saving him. Dorian, yeah. I mean, I don't really think he's there. Yeah. And they have that whole conversation about- It's different. Maybe a mercy. Da-da-da. Yeah. Then we see Aelin go to the master at the bank. And we'll just, just leave that there. Just, yeah. She just goes to the bank a lot lately. Yeah. And that's I'm obsessed with the entire scene of when they break Adian out because the plan yes. was just so detailed and it's like in the disguises. It's just so it's Dorian's birthday. But Aelin is disguised as a dancer. And uh as if you remember from Assassin's Blade, she took dance lessons with this lady, Madame Florine. 
That's her name. And so she is guiding Aelin and the other dancers through because they're going to perform this dance where they are death's handmaidens. I don't remember what the song is. So morbid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they all have these like black flowers that they've got and those will come in later. So they're going through very, very crazy. Security. Yeah. Very strict security. Like TSA on magical steroids Mm -hmm. they're checking all of the dancers names everything and aelin sees the word marks on the floor that are going to either keep her out or alert the king to her being there something Mm -hmm. so she comes up with a plan to get rid of those which is to be a little poor crybaby novice girl and she's water and they bring her water and she's like i guess just pretending like she's a really clumsy dancer and she spills it on the floor over the word mark. Uh, Madame Florine goes in and she kind of checks and goes, oh, Adian's over there, just by the way. And she immediately recognizes him. Whether or not she recognized Aelin the entire time, or if it was just then, like seeing their eyes and together, yeah. she says, I just want you to know whenever you're done and gone with all this, that music and art is food to a kingdom. And wherever you go, whenever you are, like... I will be there and I will bring music and dance. Basically saying, Aelin, you're going to be a great queen. I want to come with I love that. And then Florina is also planning on her and her dancers. They're planning on escaping that night as well. Yeah. Arabin got them a ship. Like they're gone. So that makes me feel so happy. I know. I know. It's like, oh, thank God. And then we get to see the rest through Adium. First he sees the, and then he sees that she, at first he's confused because he thinks that she just disappeared. But she's turned her tool skirt inside out and used it as a cape and, like, turned on this swagger is what he says. I love it when they use the word swagger for Aelin. Me too. I love it. But she turns on the swagger and becomes, quote unquote, a man. And somebody else calls her name, but as a he, like. Oh, hey, dude. And she turns around and she's like, hey, what's up? And she, like, raises her. And he goes, oh, no. Like, is this, is this Aelin? Is this what I think is going to happen? But also, her hair is brown, red. I love the last sentence of chapter. Adian grinned at his queen as the entire world went to hell. And I am, mm-hmm. I love the fact that he's dreading this. He's like, she can't come save me. Please, no, please, no. But then he sees her. He sees her for the first time and he grins. I and want to watch this scene as a screenplay. Tell me that doesn't. This is why I wanted to point out Kayal earlier the fact that he didn't smile. Because Adian grins when he ah, he sees her for the first time and he's like, yes, bitch, let's go. I'm on your side. I love you. And Kale is like, mm, fuck you. I don't care. Which is whatever. It's fine. She's just going to save your world. <gasps> let's go. I even just talking about this. I'm so excited. So yeah, the flowers, they explode into black dust and confuse everybody and let the dancers and Madame Florine get away. Thank God. And they let Aelin uses some knives and things and she hacks his shackles off and they grab the sword of orinth and they are hauling ass out of there but they get stopped by our bff demon dorian demon dorian oh god oh, oh god gives him a chance she's like dorian please if you're in there please yeah and the demon just laughed at her hmm yeah, and this is where she's kind of like, yeah, he's gone. Like, he, he's he gone. So I will say in Kale's defense, she is a little 
quick to assume Doreen is gone. And I get it. She's trying to be safe. She's seen what they've done. But she may be a little quick. My to... cons in this situation is that I think if you have the conversation that Aelin is having, he's gone, you kill him. Yeah. But in my opinion, why are we stopping in the first place? Not my fucking problem. I got my cousin. I'm just going to not. I'm just going to bolt. I'm going to yeah. distract you and yeah. I'm going to skedaddle. We are not interacting, which means that I don't have to raise my sword at you, but I also am not actively searching to see that you're okay. That's just me. That's my self-centered self. Yeah. But and she to kill him and yeah. Ezra shoots a bow, like hits her sword with her arrow and is like, you promised not to kill him. If you kill him, I'll kill Adian. And Aelin's like, what the fuck ever? I'll see you losers later. This is going to be a big mistake. So we get back to the rebels. And um, they're kind of having not an issue exactly, but it's like, it's just a different issue. All of the Valg that they've been finding, like hiding out in the sewers are gone. They're like, where are they? Is this worse or is this better? Like, this is weird. But it's making Aelin's job of finding a Valg for Erebin because now she has to like fulfill her side of the bargain it's making that kind of hard and while doing that she's having to multi well she's willingly multitasking working on finding the bow doing all of her little schemes and plots but also getting the frick to know her bff yeah in 10 years and working on that dynamic which is so sweet because they go from i mean he's been wanting to serve her forever and she's obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. And they love each other. But he's also an overprotective fae male. And she is a strong, independent woman. Yep. So they have some beef there. But they are both the most stubborn, strong-headed people ever. So they end up eventually somewhat compromising. Which is really just Aelin getting what she wants. But yeah. they talk about all their war stories and their scars and things. Because overprotective fae male is like, why do you have a billion scars on your back? Like, what is happening? But one time that he does get really mad at her is when she sneaks out. She says, LOL, I'm going to be gone for two hours. See you later. And she goes to the new version of the vaults, which is called the pits. The pits. So original. So original. Let's go to the pits, guys. The pits. Ugh. So and- she goes there. She meets up with all of all of her besties. Arabin, Lysandra. Kayal. Everyone's there. Yeah, it's fine. And so Erebin is there because he is looking to invest in the pits because he invested in the vaults and then she destroyed them and lost him all that money. As so now he's, uh, of course, I mean, like, you know, her. It's like a good thing. Um, So he is there trying to figure out, like, if he's going to invest. And so he says that the people who own the pits are looking for a new investor, but that investor has to prove himself. So I'm going to let you fight in the uh, pits against this guy. Um, Have fun. Good luck. The guy, turns out, is a Valg, the bad guys, the nasties. And she's like, the fuck, bro? Come on. And, oh, Lysandra is there? Huh? But she's wearing her her super spy cat suit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Lysandra is there, which is nice. Because Lysandra's kind of keeping an eye out. She's keeping tabs on who's coming in, who's going out, those kinds of things. And she, but it's kind of funny because now knowing that, like, they got past all their differences, watching her interact 
they have to interact the same in front of Arabin. They can't obviously let him know anything is up. And so Lysandra is still being super, it's old Lysandra. She's like being super bitchy and mean. Yeah. And Aelin is like, giving it back. Oh, absolutely. But then they kind of laugh about it later, later. And they're like, this is kind of funny. Ha ha ha. It's just <laughs> the old <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. But so down into that pit and oh man. I love it. It I says so. It says the Queen of Terrison was in a fighting pit in the slums of Rifthold. <laughs> That's the queen I want. Really, I my love it. Dream. I love it. So Kale, she. Most of this is seen from Kale's point of view. Oh right? yeah, watching her. Yeah, which is really interesting because he he thinks that her fighting is obviously beautiful and so well techniqued, and he said that he hasn't seen her fight for fun in a while. Um. And he can tell that she's having so much joy in it because he, I mean, he knows her, you know? If she wanted something done, she would have done it quick and dirty and messy. But she was fighting for fun and she was fighting to put on a show for Arabin. But some of that sickens him. And it is so disgusting that he has the audacity to be sickened by it. Because he's not sickened in a, oh my gosh, like, it's so sad that she is having to still serve and appease this master Mm -hmm. that no he's sickened because he thinks that she enjoys it question mark even yeah. though better because she's beating the shit out of this Valg and he kind of gets in a hit all these things you know it's a fight but Aelin's winning and she catches him after he comes at her and looks at Arabin like done can I finish this and he nods and then she finishes it yeah and Kaol is just ugh, he's just disgusted and it is such a turnoff. When she goes down to fight, by the way, um, they ask her her name, and she says, "She says that her name is Ansel of Briarcliff." And if this you know, is you why. Know. And I yeah. know that you don't know if you're my mother. Well, I guess you do because you listen to my podcast. Yeah. But yeah. if you know, you know. And she. This is basically why she dyed her hair red because Ansel had red hair. So anyway, yeah, she was and like, Ansel oh, my name is Ansel. It's coming in here and she's putting on a show. <laughs> probably would anyways. But when Arabin <laughs> says, you're good, Aelin snaps his neck. Which Aaron And then he's so, he's, he's so not. mad. He's like, you could have just given me that one. And she's like, mm, didn't feel like it. No, thanks. But she also is kind of a super savage. And not only does she snap his neck, but she extends like the spidey daggies in her toes and hacks off his head with her foot and all the other little valg homies are um they're spooked so they said yeah later yep don't love this everybody else in the pits is disgusting and is cheering which also gives kale the egg but kale is a little bit grateful because he's like uh this is gross and disgusting but i do get to track down all of these valg and try to hunt them down again so i guess that was kind of a gift from arabin so it's so weird to me how he gets the ick from her serving arabin and giving him what he wants in a way in everything that aelin does is manipulative and calculated but then kaol doesn't recognize that in himself where he is receiving the gifts and receiving the hints and doing the trades and the deals with Arabin and appeasing where he needs to appease and those sorts of things he doesn't recognize that in himself but then he judges Aelin for it and I'm like mm, you're dealing with the same big bad guy who 
has groomed and abused and tormented and betrayed a girl that you loved before, but that's fine. Right? Mm-hmm. And everything's fine. Adian is going fucking stir crazy. So they decide to go out to a bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Adian said, I would like a pretty girl who is not my cousin to come with us. Hey, Nezrin, how does that sound? And she says, gross, but I'll come. <laughs> She's like, I kind of have to guard you anyway, so fine, whatever. So there, um, I think this is this is oh, time. This is one of my favorite parts. Oh, it just makes me so happy. And this is one of my things where I'm like, I may be a basic bitch, but this is why Sarah J. Moss is one of my favorite writers. Like this part and the party scene, I they ooh, they just make me feel so like <laughs> I love it. Giddy. So uh, they're walking and they're walking like down the road and Adian is like, my half fey senses, I smell something. I smell something weird. I can hear the, the teeny tiny super light footsteps. Yeah. And it's, oh, I just, I can't. So um, he also, oh, Adian smells this male and he's like, mm, that's not a human. That's weird. And then he it also says that he smelled that's suspicious that's weird he says that he smelled alien on him and he's like who the fuck is this and it says the male emerged from the fog blah 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 it describes how sexy he is basically okay alien took a step forward one step as if in a daze she loosed a shuddering breath and a small whimpering noise came out of her a sob and ooh, okay and then she was sprinting down the alley, flying as though the winds themselves pushed at her heels. Which he controls the wind. Not so that he like, here, but he like. Was, he was pulling Aelin toward him. And <laughs> Nezarin asks, who is that? Adian smiled. Rowan. Because Rowan does fangirl at one point. He's like, um, so you and Prince Rowan, y'all are BFFs. Oh, and yeah. Aelin, goes well i mean yeah but what do you know about prince roman and he's like he is the biggest and the baddest warrior ever like we talk about him all the time we tell his stories all the time he's so cool and aelin's like mm, he's not that cool he's fine. <laughs> he's fine but it's fine and um, it's, it's i so- i just i love it so much i just oh, ever since i noticed the part about the winds like pulling her toward him i i cannot so he comes and she's like i gave you an order to stay over there what are you doing even though i love you so much i'm so happy you're here oh my gosh i missed you bestie let's share a bed again and um oh and she cries also she's crying she's so happy comes basically and he's warning her may have sent lorkin and aelin is like i can handle lorkin and Rowan is like, no, you can't actually. So no, but she sent Lorcan to come over to this continent, um, because her mom basically. Oh no, was it? It's to get the the amulet, yeah, yeah. Because she Maeve basically knows that Aelin is keeping the location of one of the um word keys from her and so she sends Lorcan to track that down and keep tabs on Aelin so Rowan obviously had to come and protect his queen because 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 they're best friends I will mention right now so there's a couple times pre-Rowan where Adian talks about the um the blood oath 
and how in Terrison only one person gets the blood oath and that's kind of been promised to him. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because he he mentions that Aelin smells of a male, but he can't really place it. And then he talks about, and then he just kind of gets struck. He's like, oh, I can't wait to take the blood oath. Like, we can do it in Terrison if she wants. We can do whatever. And whenever he mentions it to Aelin, she's like, haha, yeah. Yeah, we can do-, do that still. And he's like, yeah, yeah I, I really would love to. She goes, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Love that for you. And doesn't say anything. And then yeah. whenever he meets Rowan, he says, oh, he smells like Aelin. That's freaking weird. And we know that Rowan has a mate. So there's no other good reason for him to smell like that except for the blood oath. But our sweet boy Adian not tracking, and he's going no. to get real hurt real fast. Yeah, because it's it's Terrison is is different than other countries for doing that. Like Maeve obviously has multiple Fae blood sworn to her, and in Terrison it was a tradition to only have one, and so Aelin like, gave it to Rowan. Which, to be fair, he kind of put her on the spot. Oh, for sure. Well, like she, she kind of had to. Know. Yeah. No, she kind of absolutely kind of had to for sure. But Adian isn't known for being an understanding guy. Eventually, sure. But he's a little rash at first. He's a little hot-headed. Just like Aelin. Which is fair. I can relate. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't take it well later on. N- no. Um, and it's kind of funny because Adian had spent so much time like fangirling over Rowan. But now that he's here, oh, he's- it's, it's, it's classic fey male like territorialism where it's like, oh, he's not like, that cool, no, actually. No. Um, protect Aelin. Yeah. I want to protect like, her. Hey, why can't you both um, and Aelin work together? Aelin him the fuck out. She says, yeah. and she clucks her tongue at him. All I've heard from your mouth these past few days is Prince Rowan this and Prince Rowan that and yet this is what you decide to say to him? No bowing or scraping. And he said, if Prince Roman, Rowan wants formalities, I can grovel, but he doesn't look like someone who particularly cares. Yeah. And he's just... We also find out from Rowan, who Rowan is kind of chill, just like telling everyone secrets. Honestly, um, he's kind of just like fuck you, but he for secrets, you know. Yeah, he lets out the fact that Adian is uh, Gavriel's son so quick, and he's like, "Huh? Doesn't he look like Gavriel to you?" And she's like, "Uh, yeah." And he's like, "Yeah, that's his son." And she's like, "What the? Yeah." Adian's got some daddy issues. And then he also finds out that um, Rowan took the blood oath from him, basically. And, or Rowan and Aelin, they finally have, like, yeah, they finally have time for themselves. And they talk about Lorcan and the fact that, uh, like, we got to find him before he finds us. So they get ready for bed. And she is... She is a sweet girly girl ho. She only owns lacy underwear. Naughty. (laughs) <laughs> she's a tease yeah she's wearing uh decides to wear a pink delicate very short lace nightgown and rowan says you forgot the bottom part <laughs> <laughs> like there are no bottoms you idiot <laughs> she said it's starting to get so hot i hate sweating when i sleep and he it's okay this is 30 minutes later. Rowan was still staring up at the ceiling, teeth gritted as he calmed the roaring in his veins that was steadily shredding through his self-control. That God's damned nightgown. Shit. He was in such deep, unending shit. I'm sorry, Rowan. Why would you be in such deep, unending shit? Huh? Hmm? Do you have a little crush? Hmm? Hmm? 
Hmm? Hmm? Oh, so cute. Ah, yeah. Ugh. And then I just love Alan's point of view where she says Ron was asleep, his massive body half covered in blankets. Tell massive me body. Body. Oh yeah, really? Oh man. Um. So she gets up. She starts to make breakfast. Adian comes. So they're in the midst of their valk hunt, trying to make a plan, figure this out. She kind of knows that someone's following her. She's not sure who or what it is. It's surprise, shoddy Lorkin. And his oh. first words to her are, you little bitch. <laughs> oh my god. Shut the fuck up, Lorkin. <laughs> She's like, hey, Lorkin, how's it going, bruh? How, how, how you been? And she can tell that he has also been, not on purpose, but like running into Valg and yeah. these weird like Valg dog things, these like demon bloodhound things. So he's been running into all of those and kind of getting rid of them for her and she realizes she can use this to her advantage she's like "Ooh, if i let lorkin loose he'll just find all these things and kill them and get them out of my freaking way mm-hmm. easy peasy so lorkin catches her and he's like oh, i'm gonna kill you you better tell me where that that thing is or mave will come he's and like, destroy LOL. you actually i'll cut your dick off it would really suck to be immortal and not have a penis wouldn't it oh and he, my god he's just pissed at her sassiness yeah. She cannot take this seriously. She is roasting him left and right. And, and then Rowan man. Yeah. Rowan comes and they kind of part ways and he's like, I I'll get you, my pretty. And she's like, Yeah, right, a hundred percent. So they're all just hanging out in the apartment. And this is the first time that it's just so funny. Cause like her introduction to him is, I like your fangs. And he says, are you studying them so you can replicate them when you take my form, shapeshifter? And Aelin is frozen. Aelin like, calls oh. bullshit. And Lysandra just goes, like, pale. She's like, bro, how dare you out me like that? Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, he is bro, so he comfortable. Is he is gossip no. girl. He's gossip girl. Bro, gossip girl. Oh my gosh. This is a shapeshifter. XOXO Rowan Whitethorn. And this is... This makes me think back to when she says to, in the beginning, I think in their first conversation in the beginning of the book, uh, she says to Aelin, you and I are nothing but beasts wearing human skins. Mm-hmm. And when I reread that, I was I like, like oh, you are a beast. I was like, bro. What I am. Then Ron says, do you have a favorite form? And Lysander said, I like anything with claws and big, big fangs. Yes. Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Okay yes so were you here just because or do you are you just trying to make my friend squirm or is there is there something else and that's when lysandra drops a large box on the table oh yeah and she warns them that arabin is expecting the valg the next night and that they're all invited for a dinner party and it's gonna be like so much fun and it's gonna be awesome and they also kind of have a conversation where they're like, okay, are you ready? Like, we can do this. We're going to destroy him finally. Like, we may be giving him his valve, but, like, we've got some other tricks up our sleeves, basically. And she says, or Lysandra says, like, I've been thinking about this ever since the day Wesley died. Like, I'm ready to take him down. Let's do it. So then – they get the next day, which is the day that they're supposed to go have dinner with Arabin and, and deliver him his Valg. Um, they get a package and it is an invitation 
And it also comes with a little gift that is a little bottle of oil that smells like almonds. And I don't know how many times it's mentioned beforehand, but Arabin's like natural scent or maybe like the scent that he wears is almondy, which me personally also gives me the huge ick because yeah. I don't, I'm not an almond person. Like an almond taste is fine. Not a preferred, not but the smell. Almond- no, it's not good. It, and, so it's, it just no. further gives me the ick. And I wonder if she picked this scent, like Sarah J. Moss, if she picked this scent because it kind of sounds like fancy, but in reality, you're like, mm, it's not that crazy. You know, it's like, whatever. And, and his says, a gift and one I hope you'll wear tomorrow night. And it's kind of, it's, he's so. Smell like me. He's so smart because he knows that she's surrounded by females and scent is so big to them. So she mm-hmm. knows that he did this on purpose to make all of her females mad. And mm-hmm. she's also personally. So, um, they have to go catch the Valg and they're going to go. This is the powerful thing. So she mm-hmm. offers an out for this guy and she's like, I'm going to like give you a mercy death basically, but you have to play along. Your body knows. She looked at his hand at his ring and reached into her pocket. Then listen carefully is what she said. And I'm like, oh, you only catch that on the second round. You, you don't do. catch that the first time you read that. No, you do not. You sure don't. So, yeah, here we go. All right, so then they go to dinner at uh, – or sorry, hold on. Arabin gets his demon. He takes it down to a dungeon, and they kind of, like, interrogate the demon, and then it dies. Like, they kill it because they got the information that they need. But Arabin takes the black ring because he knows that this is also the source of its power, and he's like, hmm – I, I I always say this. I don't know why I think it's so funny, but I always say that. I'm like, it's a mystery tool that'll help us later. Yes. That's how Arabin is feeling. Oh, and when they come up to the door and they're there, Arabin is like, good, like, thanks for using my gift. And then he says to Rowan, he's like, oh, I like, I've, I haven't seen one of the Fae in so long. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. And Rowan says, you can call me Rowan. That's all you need to know. Thank you for the oil. My skin was a little dry. Bro, bro, I, we always talk about how sassy Aelin is, but the fact that Rowan did that kind of for her, also, because also, I mean, oh. part of it has to be his protective fail male, fail male energy, you know, like you can't smell like this nasty. So then they so, Arabin and Aelin kind of get like snippy with each other too. And he basically, they're very passive aggressive with each other. He basically says, um, so you're the reason, right? That I lost all my money from the vaults, right? And she's like, and you're the reason that I went to Indovia, right? Like, that's what happened. And everyone is like, oh, this is, this is really, um, like, this is really tense. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. And her whole goal in this conversation was to finally make him passive aggressive to say, and she finally disses him so bad and he says what will it take dearest for you to stop being such a raging pain in my ass hell yeah she finally got him to snap i'm sorry that i got distracted while you told your beautiful story and i'm so glad that she did that but you know how we're talking about crescent city yes 
what was this guy's name in Crescent City 2? The cousin? The cousin? Mm-hmm. Was it Cormac? Uh-huh. Oh. Was it Cormac? Oh, that's right, because this is when she tells him that, or he says Cormac was seen at the party, and she was like, haha, no, I'm Cormac. And you're right. I mean, I need to fact check that. It just feels right. It's probably it not the same spelling, but I find nothing as a coincidence. I was just skimming the page that we were discussing. I was like, wait a minute. I know. Wait. I forgot that that's also something that they say in this. His name is definitely Cormac in CC2 as well. Um, Which makes me like, I don't, I don't want him to be this Cormac, but maybe they're like loosely related through some kind of. Correct. I Ooh. did what I was wondering about that too. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's a mystery tool that will help us later. Hopefully. That is true. Maybe CC4, apparently, since CC3 isn't going to have my favorite person in it, but whatever. Whatever. I wonder if it's all aligning, but that's none of my business. Bye-bye. Okay. Yeah, they kind of talk about the fact that all of Erebin's allies are kind of leaving the city, and um, she disguised herself as one of his allies to make it look like he was seen at this party when he really wasn't. He was gone. He escaped. And it kind of makes Erebin also look bad in the eyes of the king slash the guards. So she's – that's what he's pissed about is the fact that she kind of ruined all of his investments and stuff for him. And – Boo-hoo. Then they're leaving, and um, he gives her what she, partially what she came for, which is the amulet of Orinth, which is which the is word crazy. key. I can't believe that he did that. He had it the whole fucking time. I know. I know. So I can't he, believe that he just kind of, like, gave it to her. That was super weird. I, th- I just, he doesn't know what it is, you know? I mean, he hung out onto it all these years. So he-, he did. And, okay, so here's my... This might be me reaching and thinking, like, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Oh, you know what? This is funny. One of my story graph notes is the stuff about Cormac, LOL. (laughs) That was one of my notes. There we (laughs) are. I did put that in there. So, okay. We know and she knows that it's a word key. And it's part of the reason why she was saved when she fell down the the bridge and she was fell into the river. It's the reason why Terrison was so, um, like, prosperous okay and it's also the reason why the king when he found the word key in his palace was also so prosperous and was able to conquer multiple kingdoms so here's my question okay maybe this is obvious and i didn't realize it until now but is so part of the reason terrison was conquered not just because the king had his word key but because the second that arabin found aelin and took the word key from her and put it on himself the word key is no longer with the Galathinius family and their yeah. kingdom. And that is literally the reason why they were able to be taken over. I think that, like, between that and magic being turned yeah. off, yeah. Being caught off guard, I think that was a big aspect. And I'm curious if that was what, how Erebin built the empire it, that he has. She does say at one point, like, this is this, how, how else would he not be challenged by anyone else? How else would he have gotten so much wealth and so much, I mean, almost luck when it comes to a lot of things. But like, if he didn't take the Amulet of Orinth from her, if he didn't... What would have happened? Would Terrison have been invaded so quickly? I I just don't, I just don't know. Like, I I don't know. So I finally, maybe that was obvious for the rest of you. But for me, I was like, wait, 
that's like probably the reason why. That's terrifying. So he gives it to her and she's like, oh, thank God. Finally, one word key down. We're good. Ready to go. And he tells her or he says, "Okay, I'll just read this. She's about to leave. And he says, one more thing. It was an effort to lift a brow as he came close enough to kiss her, embrace her again. Ick. But he just took her hand in his, his thumb caressing her, her palm. I'm going to enjoy having you back, he purred. Then, faster than she could react, he slid the wordstone ring onto her finger. I was terrified. I, you read that and you're just like, motherfucker. No, 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 no. And then you even read like the it, first. It can get bad. Oh yeah. my God. Well, you even. Yeah. 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 This first part where she drops her dagger because she was going to stab him. <laughs> and he orders her to say things. He orders her. Urban oh, God. His nose grazing her neck. Tell me that you love me. I love you. My name. Say my name when you tell me that you love me. I love you, Arabin Hamill. <laughs> you know that if, if all of this goes the way that he thinks it's going to go, it would be so, so sexually assaulty. Look. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. I I yeah, for some reason reading this the second time hurts way more than reading it the first time. I don't know what it is, but yeah, terrifying, disgusting, insane. So then he orders her to take her carriage home and or his carriage home. Um Rowan is trembling with rage. He's so scared. He Oh, he just mm. And then once they are there in the carriage, she doesn't say anything. She's sitting there. It says like a broken, obedient doll. And then they leave. They get out of the carriage because it's his carriage. They can't say anything while they're in his carriage. Mm-hmm. And it said, Aelin lifted her hands in front of her and turned. She pulled off the ring. So that was what he wanted. I honestly was expect. Sorry. I honestly expected something grander. And it's like, what the hell? What the hell? What are you talking about? What? So she... Rowan. Rowan's so funny. He says he frowned at it. He didn't even check Stephen's other hand. And she's like, (laughs) right. (laughs) Both of you. Tell me what's happening. What the fuck? I know. Adian's pissed. And this is, again, when everyone is like, why couldn't you have told us? And it was like, well, we didn't want you to give it away. We didn't want you to say anything. We wouldn't have been scared enough and it wouldn't have sold it. Whatever. Um... So they're, uh, they had the ring and they got Lysandra's jeweler to make a copy and fake put it on one hand while the real ring was on a different hand, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Arabin thinks that he's got Aelin and it's like, haha, sucker. She was ahead of you the whole time. And so that's when you think back to a couple of chapters ago where she's talking to Steven for the first time and she says, um, She's like, okay, so listen very carefully. And she puts her hands in her pocket because the decoy ring was in her pocket. And so that's why she puts her hand in her pocket to get it out. And it's like, oh, mind. Best moment. Where she's, oh my gosh, you're so hot. Yeah. And Ron allowed himself a moment to look at her. At the relaxed shoulder, the uplifted chin, and the grip she had on her elbows, the curve of her nose against the streetlight and the thin line of her mouth. You can just tell that he is obsessed. He says he is breathing in her scent. He wants to – he's stealing her warmth. 
Um, she mentions, oh, by the way, if you happen to kill Lorcan, like, not a big deal at all. He's like, all right, cool, cool, good to know. Um, and then she, they're just standing there, they're talking, they are just looking at each other, and she's kind of feeling like they're having a moment. She lifted a hand to cup Rowan's face, sm- so smooth, his skin, the bones beneath, strong and elegant. And then says it hit her like a stone the wanting she was a fool to have dodged it denied it even when a part of her had screened it every morning that she'd blindly reached for the empty half of the bed she is like holding his face and like caressing his face and And then he says don't do that don't (laughs) touch me like that and she's like embarrassment and sadness she's so embarrassed she's like i'm sorry like i thought we were having a moment honestly and she's like oh gods what has what had she done she was like oh i'm such an idiot i'm so stupid he's my karen mom how could i do that like that was so dumb that was so dumb and it's and it just so crazy how we we have this so sad so misunderstood moment of like feelings and then the immediate pivot after what had she done is Lysandra murdering Arabin. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's just, it's a hard pivot. It's a little bit of emotional whiplash, but it's fine. It's good. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It is good. And so Lysandra's sleeping in Arabin's bed and Aelin had passed her a note that night and said, it literally says, he's all yours. And she has her little knife and she's sleeping. And she does stab him in the neck. And it says, for Wesley, for Sam, for Aileen, <gasps> and for herself, for the child she'd been, for the 17-year-old on her bidding night, for the woman she'd become, her heart in shreds, her invisible wounds still bleeding. It was so very easy to sit up and slice the knife across Arabin's throat. <laughs> oh, it's so, I was about to say heartwarming. <laughs> the murder... <laughs> Right before that, if you want to have your heart warmed, she says that she would find that love again because she's talking about Wesley. Oh. She would find that love again one day, and it might be deep and unrelenting and unexpected, the beginning and the end of eternity, the kind that would change. So then um, Aileen finds out, finds out in the morning. She told Lissandra to do it. She knew. She storms into the Assassin's Keep, and she's like, what do you mean he's dead? What do you mean? And he's And she's just like calling them whores and she's calling the other assassins idiots and she's like what do you mean and then the master of the bank comes okay and he's like oh i'm gonna read the will if you'd like me to read the will and so there's a few other assassins there who are i mean they hate aelin she hates them because they're gross icky men and they just whatever they're kind of probably jealous of her too because she was his protege protege and clarice and lissandra are just sitting there simpering and crying and being like oh he's dead he's dead oh no and master of the bank comes reads the will obviously clarice who is close with arabin for probably multiple reasons and lissandra who's you know you know are expecting something from the will okay master of the bank reads it and he says everything everything goes to drumroll please selena sardothian I was about to say Aelin. Like, obviously. Aelin specifically said, (laughs) I will play Selena Siddharthian one last time. 
and this is the time. Yep, that is true. She does say that. Um, and she's like, oh, everything's mine. The house, like everything. She's being so cocky and she's being so sassy. I just love it. She kicks everyone out. She's like, this is my house now. So you can all go bye-bye. Suckers, sorry. Yeah. See ya. All the are like, this is our home. What are you doing? She said, pack your clothes. Get the hell out. This is my house. Oh. And then she does let them. She's like, mm, okay, I guess you can buy it from me, but like – um, you better do it today. You better get your money fast. And then you also find out that she switched the will. That's why she was going to the bank all the time. Yeah. She was like getting the map, getting the lay of the land. She broke in. She switched the will. She did all these cool things. She's so good. She's yeah. a billion steps ahead of everybody. Hell yeah. So she switched the will and it originally did say that like everything was going to go to Clarice and Lysandra. Um, and that the assassins would get the assassins keep. And she changed it to say that it was hers. And then also the master of the bank says, oh, he changed his will pretty recently. So she chops his head off. Just she goes crazy. <laughs> and it's from Rowan's point of view. And Rowan said he didn't know what to make of it. The whirlwind of hate and rage and violence and what she'd become. And he says that he that she was a vicious and unyielding creature, Selena Siddharthian, that's who she had been and that's who she had become today. He hated it. Hated that he couldn't reach her when she was yeah. that person. Hated that he'd snapped at her last night and had panicked. And now she'd shut him out entirely. The person <laughs> she'd become today had no kindness and no joy. And then he has to remind himself that this is an act. He said, yeah, this. Ready? Ready? I don't know if you caught this. Mm-hmm. So we fall down to the dungeon, da 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 She was still swaggering, hands in her pockets, not caring that Rowan lived or breathed or even existed. Not real, he told himself. Not real. Oh my god. Real or not real? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, and then she chops her head off, just to make sure, just in case he was a secret Velg. Just to make sure. And his and head goes like, rolling. And they're like, so you changed as well? And she said, yeah. And he said, cool, but why? And she goes, um, we're gonna need some money hello <laughs> we needed money <laughs> and everyone's like oh she is a genius yeah and then she cuts this off is, and says, just to be sure this is like that meme where it's like um in the book series the whole book series is everyone is like aelin no and she's like aelin yes <laughs> yes exactly i do what i want bitch and she does it so well I, she She's is the well. queen. She can do what she wants. I'm so excited to read part two now. I, th I'm serious. Yeah. This is my favorite one. And I was just I talking. I thought that Empire of Storms was my favorite one because of all the callbacks. But I don't know. I feel like every time I read, I reread one of these books, it's like, oh, this is my favorite one. Yeah. But this is my favorite one. Yeah. But this is my favorite one. True. Oh, so good. I was just talking about this with my friends, but there's – um. I have this weird reading thing. I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but when I read a book series, I do not let myself rate more than one five stars because it's just a way for me to keep track of like my objective favorite. And I wholeheartedly, I don't, for me, I don't believe that books one through three and Assassin's Blade are five stars. This book, I would rate five stars. This is a good one. It I just might everything together so well. I might, I could possibly on this reread break my rule and rate Empire of Storms five stars. I'm not even finished with this book, and I'm telling you, like, I'm rating it five stars. This is obviously great. I rated it five stars the first time too, but I don't know. I was just thinking, like, for some reason, I have that weird rule when it comes to rating. I think that's really smart, actually. Yeah, it's no. hard though because some 
some books are. I do like that you can have the 4.5, 4.5, 4.5 situation. And I think that one through three and the prequel, I think they're all, I've rated them 4.5 or 4.75. So obviously they're They're up there. But I think also they're only up there because of the the anticipation. I don't know. Just like the, the, ah, like it's just so fun for me. But Akatar, personally, I saw someone rated all Akatar books five stars this year. I don't think a single one is five stars. No. That's just me. Even like, because uh, I think Miss and Fury is my like objective favorite. Absolute favorite, but it's still but a 4.5. Yeah, it's it's a 4.5, 4.7 situation. Yeah. Silver Flames is a 5 if you're looking at purely Easter eggs and like all of all of this cross-world building. That one you could convince me. Yeah. But it's it's tricky and it's different. And it's so different from the rest of the books that I have a hard time comparing them. I know. That makes sense. I know. Yeah. And then CC3, honestly, I think they're too complicated to give them like a perfect 5. There's too many characters. There's too many things happening. I'm not in a bad way. Like I'm going to read them. Yeah. Love them, but yeah, it's yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was. Let me make, let me get this right. That was chapters one through five. That read along. Will, yeah, that will be our regularly scheduled read along um, that we will be announcing via Instagram this week. So make yeah. sure that you go read that. Um, but. Uh, the week after that will be part two for Queen of Shadows, chapters 48 through through the rest. And for chapter all of- 89. Ooh. And for all of you that think that it's just as hilarious as I do to see the names that she does for her part ones and part twos, like an air of fire where it's air of ash, then air of fire. So we're like part air of fire of air of fire. Yeah. This one was Queen of Shadows, part one, Lady of Shadows. Next week, we'll be reading part two. What do you think it is? Don't read it. It's Queen of something. It's Queen of Light. So there is no Queen Queen of of Shadows here. Okay. Lady of Shadows, Queen of Light. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Get Booked Up. Read along with us on the story graph. There will be a link provided in the episode notes and in our bio. And if you want, you can follow us on story graph at sydneyw underscore 33 and p431. You can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at let's get booked up pod. We'd love to see you join our community of readers. Bye. Bye.